All right, Fritz Bergen, bloodandfaith.com. It's uh, the uh, 21st of February, and we have a special edition today on the war with Ukraine and American foreign policy. And it's not something I generally delve into. And I do it solely as a personal interest. Some of you know I have a PhD in history. I've studied world history, taught it, taught Western Civ, wrote my doctoral dissertation on U.S. foreign policy with regard to Cuba in the 1920s and 30s. And so this is something that I've been thinking about and working on for all of my adult life. I've always been a history buff and have always looked at international relations. So uh, I have no special insight into uh, the machinations of the U.S. government, let alone the Russian government. I have no insights on a policy formulation or anything like that. My ideas come from my education and what I read every day, just like you do. You go out there and you read and you make your own opinions. Now that said, I, I offer up this little piece in the interest of, of sparking discussion. Not necessarily with me, but I want you to think to yourself and ask questions for yourself. If you're trusting the United States government to tell you the truth, you should know by now that they're liars. They lie about the quality of elections we have. They lie about the effects of inflation. They lie about the effects of that railroad disaster in Ohio. They lied about the effectiveness of the COVID jab. Just lie and lie and lie and lie. lie about the uh, 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 lack of integrity in our senior politicians? How is it that, that uh, Joe Biden made 36 trips to the Ukraine while he was vice president? Uh-huh. What's he doing there? How many trips did he make to China? Who's on the payroll? How many congressmen are on the payroll of foreign governments? How many congressmen and judges have been blackmailed? Why is it that you've got uh, Epstein Island? Nobody wants to talk about that. Oh, but, he, you know, it's all over. He committed suicide. Who went there? It was a blackmail op. Everybody knows that. Cameras, everything. Had all the rich and famous there, from, from British royalty to billionaires. I don't know, how many times did uh, Bill Gates go there? You don't think somebody's got something on him? He, somebody asked him, well, why did you go there 30 times? He said, well, I can't really explain that. <laughs> For the nice beaches, I guess. <laughs> so you've got a government that lies to you. Lies and lies and lies. Oh, diversity, equity, and, and, and DEI. We're going to have DEI now. It's just a cover word for hatred towards the white race. Come on, people. You've got to figure this out. It's time to wake up and open up your eyes. All that stuff, that anti-racism stuff, the BLM, the Antifa, the DEI, it's an anti-white agenda. And it has been from the beginning. White people, when you wake up, we're going we're gonna to go places. You haven't woke up yet, but we're, you're going to wake up. Who is it being pushed by? You know who it's being pushed by. But that's not what this podcast is about today. podcast is about Russia and about the Ukraine, and about the United States. There was an interview with a 
Oh, I guess he calls himself a journalist or an author. And uh, he came out, and he's very well connected, I think, with the Washington Post. And He said, look, the United States has been active in building up the Ukraine's military since 2014. And we're very much involved in the support of that operations, including targeting. Uh, you had uh, a senior officer in the State Department come out recently saying, hey, you know, Crimea is a legitimate target. And we've given hundreds of billions of dollars, or at least $100 billion to Ukraine in order to execute this war against Russia. Ukraine, er, Crimea, by the way, let's speak about that. Crimea became a part of Russia in 1783. 1783, that's before we had our U.S. Constitution. 1783. It used to be a slaving base for the Muslims. They, they enslave Christians from the north and take them down into their lands farther to the south. Finally, Catherine the Great kicked them out. Said, well, hey, we're going to put Russians in here, make it a Christian land. So Crimea's ties to Russia go back 250 years. Go back before the founding of the American Constitution. Nobody knows that, do they? Nobody knows that. The United States government has made it official policy that their number one foreign priority goal is that Russia experiences a strategic defeat. That Russia experiences a strategic defeat. I mean, that's a, that's a big defeat. That's a bad defeat. That uh, is not a tactical defeat. That's not uh, stemming the losses of what's going on in Ukraine. It's a strategic defeat. It sounds like defeating the Russian government. I'd remind you, if you haven't figured this out, that the United States was very much involved in the overturning of the Ukrainian government in 2014 and installing a preferred ruler, Zelensky, who was nothing but a comedian and actor. <laughs> and people want to talk about democracy in Ukraine. It's all a fraud. It's all a fraud, man. It's all a fraud. People get tortured and disappeared in, in Ukraine that uh, don't support Zelensky's government. He shut down press outlets, different political parties, shut down the uh, Russian Orthodox Church in the Ukraine. Don't, don't tell me he's a, it's a democracy and you're out for democracy. and freedom. This is a big lie. Again, the government of the United States lies to you. They lie and lie and lie and lie and lie. Now, one of the big lies, and we've, we've talked about this many times, is a lie about democracy. What you and I think of a democracy is not what they think of democracy. For them, democracy is a fixed set of outcomes. Open borders, LGBTQ in grade schools, uh, hatred towards white people, homosexual marriage, um, getting rid of anything off the, uh, uh, out of any public forum that they disagree with. To them, that's democracy. So if a guy named Fritz Berger comes along and said, hey, you know what, let's talk about the Bible. Let's talk about Jesus Christ and what he said about certain topics. Oh, we can't have that. No, you can't, you can't talk. You can't say that because they're democracy. And if we allow you to say what the Bible says, well, that's against democracy. So their idea of democracy is, is fundamentally different than what you and I were taught going through grade school, high school, and even college. 
Democracy used to be, hey, it's the, the direct will of the people. It's not that anymore. There's a small group of elites that control it. And anytime we vote wrong, they either change it by the courts or they steal elections. Y'all voted for that COVID vaccine? Who voted for the COVID vaccine? Nobody. Or the bureaucrats. The bureaucrats just say, oh, this is what we're going to do. Did you vote to have your face covered for two years? Did you vote that, uh, did you have a vote in, in whether or not the COVID vaccine was going to be fully tested? It was never fully tested. It was not. It was approved under emergencies by some committee. Did anybody vote to have prayer kicked out of the public schools? No, nobody did. Anybody vote to have the Ten Commandments made illegal in public schools? No, nobody voted for that. Who voted to legalize homosexual marriage? Nobody voted for that. Big picture stuff, folks. We don't live in a, a country where we have a say in how we are ruled. It's a lie. The government lies to you. And, and they're in cahoots with the major media corporations. It's, it's a control and government bureaus, government agencies. You had the federal agents, FBI, other federal agencies. I won't name the three-letter agencies. You can figure this out. Oh, Trump won because he was in cahoots with the Russians. Finally, what's his name? FBI Director Mueller comes out, you know, four years later, after Trump's about ready to leave office, he says, yeah, no, we were just joking. <laughs> None of it was true. Completely undermined the, 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 the person that Americans voted for. Completely undermined him. Let that hang over the election. So the people say, well, I don't think I can vote for somebody that was put in office by the Russians. It was a complete lie. Your bureaucrats lied to you. Your bureaucrats lied to you. You want to know what else your bureaucrats do? They set up these... Somebody sets up nonprofit foundations, and the United States government funds them. Freedom House is one of them. I was reading some statistics on Freedom House. It's, it's a widely respected organization about freedom around the world. I think 80% of its budget comes from the U.S. government. And yet I can go to the Freedom House website and read articles written by Freedom House uh, staff trashing Donald Trump in the name of freedom <laughs> and pushing for left-wing globalist agendas around the world. Paid for your, by tax, your tax dollars. Who, anybody vote for that stuff? Anybody vote for to have bureaucrats paid for by your tax dollars tra trashing Donald Trump? I, I don't care whether you're liking him or not. Isn't that rather partisan? They've got other they've got other institutions. They do this all over. I've I've seen it. They just do this all all the time. Hey, uh, we're going to have an anti-rape campaign. You're against rape, aren't you? Oh yeah, I'm against rape. All right, so we're going to spend forty million dollars on an anti-rape campaign. Well, the reality is it's, it's, a, it's a movement to empower women and make them politically active and get them to line up with the globalist feminist agenda. It's got nothing to do with rape. It's a cover story. And it goes on. It goes on not only in the United States but around the world. NPR is another example, funded by your tax dollars. You vote for that? Did you vote for that? No, you didn't vote for that. Nobody voted for that. So Ukraine under Zelensky, 
curtails freedom of speech, political parties. Then there's a whole Nazi aspect of that Ukrainian government. They get the Azov battalions, and they're, they're national socialists, use the swastika, they're very open about it. And nobody in the West has an issue with it. Zelensky, Jewish man, he's got no problem with it whatsoever, no problem at all. Israelis apparently have no problem with it. Nobody's making an outrageous cry against uh, the national socialists in, in the Ukraine. The U.S. government doesn't have a problem with supporting the Nazis in Ukraine. <laughs> the only people that have a problem with it that are publicly against it are the Russians because they remember German tanks invading Russia in World War II under a national socialist government, under Adolf Hitler. And they're like, we can't have this. We, we cannot have this. We do not want this. We're going to denazify Ukraine. United States government, Jewish leader of Ukraine, all for it. Jewish congressmen are all for it. And so what's going on here? What's going on here? I, I'm hoping Americans wake up. I hope white people wake up, especially white people. My mission is to reach white people. I told you that before. I was talking to this one person who's very much different than me in, in pretty much every single respect at all. But we still get along and, and, and talk, and we have good conversations. And this person's quite fascinated with me. And we were talking about my podcast and bloodandfaith.com and what I do, and, she, and, and, and this person's in marketing. And uh, she said, well, who's your target audience? I said, it's, it's straight white males that are married with kids. It's straight white Christian men. And she's like, oh. <laughs> well, I said, well, Why? I said, well, you're a marketing professional. You know why. I said, if you market to everybody, you market to nobody. I'm trying to, trying to reach white men. My major market audience is white men. And she's neither white nor male nor Christian. Nor, <laughs> I'm just put, put you down the list. Great person. Wonderful person. And... Uh, I want white people to wake up. I want white men to wake up. Stop being ashamed of themselves. And I know you're not. I know there's an anger bubbling up in there. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to help you put some meat on your anger and give you an intellectual foundation for why you should be angry and what to do about it. The, the, the great deception, the great hoaxes is people are out there, they're, they're frustrated, and, and they, they said, I, I know this isn't right, but I can't tell you why. I don't know why it's right. And I can help you put meat on that. That's part of my project here at bloodandfaith.com. But you got a U.S. government out there. What does it promote around the world? Homosexuality. Promote homosexuality all over the world. Well, don't, rock, don't gays have the right to get married? No, no, they don't. No, no, no. They don't have a right to get married. Absolutely not. And it doesn't stop there. Next thing you know, you're trying to teach sixth graders how to be homosexual. And the United States is exporting this as a foreign policy. And transgenderism. Remember that whole thing about follow the science? Oh, we just have to follow, follow the science with regard to the COVID vaccine. First of all, there is no science. If you follow the science, you'd never get the jab. If you follow the science as we know it today, you would never get the jab. It's counterproductive. You're going to get sicker, more likely to die than if you didn't get the jab. I didn't get the jab, by the way. Now, why I had to file a, uh, a, a religious exemption with my employer to not have some experimental poison dumped into my body, that's a whole different story. But I did, and it was approved, and I didn't get the jab. 
I wouldn't have got it anyway, but I didn't get the chat. And so if you, nobody wants to follow the science today in 2023 with regard to the jab. It's like, no, no, you still need to get it. You still need to get two jabs and, and boosted. What's going on here? They lie, they lie, they lie. But let's talk about science and homosexuality. Do you know it's impossible for mammals to reproduce via homosexuality? That's the science. In one generation, in exactly one generation... Homosexuality produces biological and, dis and genetic extinction. In one generation, the fruit of homosexuality is biological and genetic extinction. That's the science. Let's talk about transsexualism, transgenderism. You can cut off all the body parts. You can jam somebody full of hormones take them to all kinds of psych conditioning sessions, and you never change an XY chromosome into an XX or vice versa. That's the science. That's the science. And I'm looking forward to the day when white men wake up and just say, Jesus, man, how stupid are we? Why did we ever go along with this? Why, were we, why did we ever keep quiet? Why did we ever agree to our own extinction? And I've said this before, and I'll say it again. There is an absolute plan for the extinction of the white race. And they're open about it. The Jews are open about it. They say it. I've mentioned Noel Ignatiev many times, Jewish professor. He says his goal in life, now he's, he has passed away, is the extinction of the white race. Go look him up. Noel Ignatiev. And you go listen to these these you know different rabbis and uh, Jewish people said, "Hey, we got to wipe out the white race." And you got little Jamie Raskin, Jewish congressman from I don't know I don't know where he's from. I don't like that guy. He wrote a letter to my employer, expressing outrage. He signed the letter. I'm sure he didn't write it. Expressing outrage that I was still employed by my employer. Signed by himself and about 70-some-odd other Congress critters. Imagine that. And we live in a democracy. Congress can write a letter to have some mid-level person, I'll just put it that way, terminated because they don't like my religion. Yeah, we live, that's the kind of country we live in. Of course, you know, it's the topic that uh, I talk about that bothers them. What's the topic I talk about? Revelation 2.9, Revelation 3.9, that topic. Can't have that. Can't have that in a democracy. You can't, you can't, you can't talk about that portion of the Bible in a, in a democracy. <laughs> we'll enforce it by making sure you're deplatformed, depersoned, demonetized. Government lies to you. It ain't, it's ain't a free country. That, day's, that boat sailed. And your constitution is not going to save you. What's going to save you? Opening up your mouth and speaking truth, having courage to speak the truth to your wife, to your kids, to your brothers, to your sisters, to your uncles, to your aunts, to your friends. They can't stop that. But you know what? People are afraid. People are terrified. I haven't even, I'm, I'm sorry about this. I haven't even got to Russia yet. But people are afraid to have an opinion, terrified to have an opinion. Oh. 
Some of you call me racist or homophobic. And so you wonder where the masculinity of the males went. Completely unscientific, homosexuality, transgenderism. Someday somebody's going to look back in this generation and go, what the heck was wrong with you people? What was wrong with you? Because this will pass, can't last. It, it, a lot of destruction will happen in the meantime, and I, and I want to limit the destruction as much as possible. So back to the Nazi thing in the Ukraine. The fact that nobody in the West has any problem with it whatsoever uh, makes me wonder if the whole thing is not just a, not a fraud in the first place. This has been your, your religious touch, touchstone since 1945. Oh, the Nazis are bad, the Nazis are bad. Since so 1945, drilled into every kid's brain from kindergarten through grad school. Nazis bad, Hitler bad, fascism bad. And now we're over there, we're supporting them. Nobody's raising a stake, nobody's raising a voice. Makes me kind of wonder, hmm, maybe that whole anti-Nazi thing was a fraud from the very beginning. It's just a way to manipulate people. It's just a way to control people. And when it's not useful anymore, it's discarded. There's no fundamental principles involved. None whatsoever. It's a way to guilt manipulate people, cudgel people into moral and ideological submission. Useful as a tool for a period of time and then discarded when it's no longer useful. White men, you need to wake up to that. Now, the United States has made it clear that their number one foreign policy goal, this is public, it's nothing secret, is a strategic defeat for Russia. A strategic defeat for Russia. That's not a tactical defeat. That's not to stem the tide. That's not a rapprochement. That's not building a, uh, that's not a containment policy vis-a-vis -vis George Kennan. Let's contain them so they don't expand any further. It's a strategic defeat. It's a rolling back of. The United States has made it very clear. They want Ukraine in NATO. They're trying to get Sweden and Finland to join NATO. NATO's expanded all the way east. And if they have their way, Ukraine will be in NATO as soon as Russia experiences a strategic defeat. All over the eastern borderlands of the Ukraine, where the United States has no strategic interest whatsoever, not oil, not gas, not wheat, not coal, ain't our problem. Never was our problem. We have no more interest in eastern Ukraine than Russia has on, on the Tex-Mex border. It's not their problem. Why would they care? And the answer is there's a, there's a global agenda, a globalist agenda. And Russia's standing in the way, and there's a tremendous amount of wealth in the Ukraine and Russia, tremendous amount, billions and trillions of dollars in oil and gold, uranium, and they want to get their greedy little hands on it. Got to get rid of Putin and his government to do that, maybe break up the country, make it into a bunch of little countries that can be controlled and manipulated. Putin s literally stands in the way of that. He stands in the way of that. Are there others with him? I think there are. But the agenda certainly has nothing to do with taking care of some border in eastern Ukraine. Oh, we're trying to save democracy. You liars. You don't have democracy in the United States. Stealing elections. Joe Biden did not win the 2020 election. Let me just go ahead and put me on record for that. Go ahead and write it down in my file, law enforcement officer. Write it down in my file. I wonder what it's like to be a federal law enforcement officer where you're building dossiers on American citizens. And still trying to tell yourself you live in a free country, a democracy.
You surround the Capitol building with concertina wire and armed men. We don't live in a free country. Do not live in a free country. I grew up in a free country. It's not there anymore. If, if, if the Ukraine joins NATO, do you think they're really going to stop there? Do you think they're really going to say, okay, here and no more? Well, isn't that what they said about NATO? Here and no more? Yet NATO expands farther and farther east. Do you think they're really going to get NATO, uh, Ukraine into NATO and say, okay, this far and no farther? A only a fool would believe that. An utter fool would believe that. Of course you're not going to stop there. They've made it very clear. We need a strategic defeat of Russia. Putin's a thug, a murderer, a criminal, a war criminal. The vice president came out and said war crimes, war crimes in Russia all the way up the chain of command. What does that mean? What does that mean? It means trials and hangings. That's what it means. <laughs> you put it all together. It's, look, this ain't about protecting Ukraine. It's about changing the Russian government and destroying it and putting something in place that can be easily manipulated to the interests of the people that control the United States, the world. Certainly isn't for Americans. It's not for the average American. It's certainly not for that. Now, you don't have to buy into everything I'm saying. I'm asking you to use your brain and think through things. And if there's some things that I'm saying that make sense, well, put them into your little computer. Do a little course correction. Do a little course adjustment. Pass on the knowledge. I mean, I read tons of stuff I don't agree with. And it helps me refine my arguments, refine my thoughts. Helps me get a little closer to where I think I need to be intellectually. And so I offer this podcast in that, in that respect. Not because I got the right answer on everything. But these are some ideas that are valuable to you to think about. The border is not a U.S. issue over there. All right. My little favorite congressman, Jamie Raskin, Jewish guy. He said the quiet part out loud. He said this is a jihad against Christian Russia. He said that's why we cannot fail, because it's a Christian country and we have to overturn it. He said it out loud, because it's a Christian country and we have to destroy it, says Jewish congressman Jamie Raskin. Now, if that's how they feel about a country over there, how do you think they feel about the United States being a Christian country? I mean, look, add the stuff up, man. Just add it up. If that's their attitude towards Russia, what kind of influence do you think they've had in the United States over the last, I don't know, 100 years? At least. Undermining any and all Christian influences. Now they're pushing... You know, they come right out. They say, hey, abortion's a Jewish value. Talmud's got, I don't know, eight different genders. It's, it's sick, man. It's sick. Gives you a whole new meaning to the, the synagogue of Satan. Revelation 2.9, Revelation 3.9. Gives you a whole new meaning to it. And so if this Jewish congressman can come out and say, hey, we're against Russia. We have to defeat Russia because of the Christian influence there. Where do you think they stand on, on Christian influences in the United States? Problem's deep. It's solvable, but it's deep. 
And you're going to have to get over the idea that you can't be racist or sexist or anti-Semitic. You've got to get over that. That's simply mind control. Guilt manipulation. All right, all these policy goals should make it clear to you why the Russians can't afford to lose. If that's the policy of the United States of America, basically regime change in Russia, if you add it all together, if you add up all the different spokespeople and talking heads that have said this and that and the other thing, how, how do you not come to that conclusion? When the head of foreign policy in the United States says, hey, we have to have, Russia has to have a, a strategic defeat. And the United States is all in on a on a border issue in eastern Ukraine? This ain't about the border in eastern Ukraine. Yeah, what reasonable man would come to that conclusion? It's about taking a player off the the board, taking Russia off the board as as a as as a nation, as a, as as a as a country, as a Christian country. Which means you got to get rid of the head of the nation. You got to get rid of Putin and put somebody else in charge. Just like they got rid of whoever was in charge of Ukraine, and they put Zelensky in charge. That's my opinion. That's just my opinion, and I don't read any different news than you guys read. I listen to the talking heads, and it's like, God, man, you guys are you guys are insane. We're the insane ones. The United States is the insane one here. And so if you're Russia, what, you know, unless you're willing to simply submit to this, submit to their partition, submit to the overturning of their government, submit to the destruction of a Christian civilization, what are you going to do? You're going to fight till you're, you're going to fight. This is existential. This is, this is existential for Russia. If the Russians don't win, it's existential to them. There, there's, there's, there's very little gray area. Now, why can't we just compromise and say, hey, uh, you know, uh, this was stupid, and let's just do a reset, and we'll go back to the borders of, you know, whatever. Go ahead, you know, let's just get out of this war. Why can't that happen? Well, the United States is fully invested in this war. $100 million in. Been working on this war since 2014. Been working on this war since 2014, preparing the groundwork for this war. It's all in. If the United States walks away now, what does that what does that do to American standing, and what does it do to our globalist project? It's completely empty. It's utterly bankrupt. It's as bankrupt as the dollar almost is. And what does that do? what does that do to uh, what does that say to China? The U.S. is just a bunch of fluff. We're going to go take Taiwan. What does it do to Iran? Well. U.S. is a bunch of fluff. What does it do to North Korea? Same thing. By the way, if there's a big war and it's trending that way, does anybody really think it's just going to be the U.S. and Russia? I've, I've made this argument for years with some professional colleagues. I said, look, it doesn't make any sense to just, you know, have everybody else stay out of it. That's time for uh, the Chinese to be involved and the North Koreans to be involved and the Iranians to be involved to pursue their agenda. I mean, if your enemy's having a fight with somebody else, that's your time to go in there and steal his wallet when he's not looking. Oh, Johnny and Stevie are, 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 are fighting. Oh, he dropped his wallet. Let's go steal his wallet. I mean, it's just, it makes sense. Well, they're going to stand back and say, oh, no, that's not fair. We can't steal his wallet. They're going to let them fight it out and, 
you know, here's your wallet. We want to fight you fair for your wallet. No, no, no. It only makes sense. So I don't th see this thing gracefully and peacefully going away. I could be wrong. You know, I always tell people, if I make a prediction, then, then you, you need to bet against me because I'm almost always wrong, <laughs> especially about politics. But, you know, this thing is trending. It's just, it keeps trending in a bad direction. And uh, I can understand why Russia feels it's an existential threat to them. And I perceive the policy claims that the American government has made and the policymakers have made. I understand what they have said. And it's pretty clear that the number one policy goal of the United States is the strategic defeat of Russia. Where, what does that leave? Where does that, what room does that leave to negotiate? And even if somebody woke up and said, hey, this is stupid, let's back away. What does that do to the standing of the United States? Now, I would say it doesn't matter. If I were in, in charge of the government, I'd say it doesn't matter. We're pulling out. Uh, Y'all work this out. Not our problem. And I do that in a lot of other places around the world. We have, I don't know how many. I, it, last I checked, there was 900 U.S. military outposts around the world. 900. That sounds insane to me. So I don't know. You tell me. How do we get out of this gracefully? How do we get out of this peacefully? I, I, I'm, I'm, I, I'm not seeing it. I don't see how we do. Fritzbergen, bloodandfaith.com. That's it. Special report.